Today, we're going to discuss projections for the starting wide receiver unit, how many guys are going to bring into the regular season. We have 53-man roster cuts coming quickly, and the Jets have a couple of big decisions to make. You know, have been some standout performers during training camp, a couple of preseason games left to make these decisions, uh, but there are a couple locks, obviously, at the wide receiver position, but some guys that are standing out are on the fringe of the roster to begin with. So it should be an interesting discussion to see you know, who we think will make this roster. But Ryan, before we dive into these projections, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great, Alex. I mean, we're less than two weeks away now from the final 53, and some moves obviously took place yesterday. They put Mekhi Becton on injured reserve and released four players to get down to 85. And, you know, we're three full weeks for camp, preseason game in the books, you know, about a couple days away from practice with the Falcons before that game Monday night. So we're really starting to get an idea on where things stand here. And I think you really said it best. I mean, most of this group is pretty straightforward, and I think – the top five guys to most people are pretty much locks to be on the final 53, but there are two players in particular, like you said, one on the fringe, who's, you know, not necessarily helping himself in any way. And then a rookie undrafted free agent who's, you know, potentially making the roster, you know, the special teams role and as a depth receiver to round out this group. Absolutely. So, you know, the locks here obviously are Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis and Braxton Berrios. You know, we also threw in Jeff Smith, um, but let's let's kind of break these guys down or anticipation of what they will accomplish or what their impact will be this year with Zach Wilson, especially kind of suffering that knee injury. So, you know, surgery went well. Everything looks good. That's exactly what we wanted to hear from the Zach Wilson party, because um, essentially, you know, he's the future of this team. Joe Flacco is not the future of the Jets like that. Like, look, having a good backup is nice. Um, Salah said it the other day. They ha- they feel as though they have three starting quarterbacks. You know, they feel as though Zach Joe Flacco, Mike White can all start if need be. We saw Mike White do some good stuff last year, actually. So that was a pretty good sign um, in, in terms of a long-term backup behind Zach Wilson. But, you know, Zach is in play to make a return in the next couple of weeks, right? He'll probably miss a couple of, for, of regular season games, uh, maybe two, and then he'll he'll make a comeback. But, you know, he's got to be careful with that knee. He can't be, you know, being over-reliant on running the football. The offensive line's got to do him some favors and keep him uh, healthy and, and safe in the pocket so he can, you know, take a lot of the pressure off of, like, moving and running and the mobility that sometimes he's been forced to utilize to try and escape and, and, and extend plays, which is obviously a necessity at times. But um, Elijah Moore, he's your bread and butter at the wide receiver position. He is probably your WR1 right now. I would say, like, Corey Davis, the big money guy, uh, has the WR1, R1, like, I guess you could say title um, or coinage, but... End of the day, Elijah Moore is your impact guy. He's the guy that's going to be going downfield. He's attacking the seams. He's your screen guy. He's your short yardage guy. He's your intermediate yardage guy. He can do it all. Um, so I actually think Joe Flacco and Elijah Moore will probably shut off the season on fire. I'm drafting him in all of my leagues that, that I can possibly uh, land Elijah Moore. Not, not normally, I imagine you guys too, probably don't like to draft Jets players, but they have some pretty talented ones now that can actually make an impact. Elijah Moore was fantastic last year um, for me down the stretch. And he'll finish with uh, 538 yards and five touchdowns, a 56% catch rate um, and 12.5 yards per reception. You know, if he stays healthy and I think, you know, he, he's looking really good. He's a leader in that locker room already as a sophomore. He can make a pretty significant impact here. I think he's your WR1 um, right now, to be honest with you. That's my projection. What are you thinking about Elijah Moore? Do you think he's your WR1? Do you think he's still slightly behind Corey Davis? I agree with you. I think Elijah Moore is the top receiver out of this group heading into the season. And I think he's, you know, really poised to go for a thousand yards this year. You know, as long as he stays healthy, I think the final six games last year to me were no fluke. I think Elijah's incredibly talented. I think technically speaking, he's very sound. And he just, I think the opportunities are ready to present themselves to him. He's had a strong camp. I mean, you see 
this guy's ability to create separation, how good of a route runner he is, just how sure his hands are catching the football. I mean, it's such a big deal and something he makes look so routine. And I think to me, you know, 22 years old in his second year, the speed is there. Um, the gadget ability, like you said, jet sweep, screen game, motioning pre-snap. That There's so much, you know, untapped potential in terms of this guy's usage and what Michael Floor can, you know, do with uh, in the scheme. And I think he is definitely primed to really – I honestly think he could be the Jets' best player by the end of 2022. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. I mean, him, Michael Carter, Brees Hall could definitely be up there as impact guys. Even Tyler Conklin um, has showed some pretty good chemistry with the quarterbacks. But the next guy we have on the list is Garrett Wilson. You know, we've seen him kill it this camp. He has been tremendous. The Jets have a pretty solid top three receivers with more Wilson, Corey Davis as the lone veteran in this uh, in this equation. But Garrett Wilson can do it all too. He can go downfield. He's quick. He's fast. Um, he can be a dominant receiver in the screen game. Um, he makes physical catches. You know, he's not the most physical receiver off the line of scrimmage. So press man coverage may be a little bit tricky for him against some better corners, but he is a tremendous route runner. He makes plays. He's going to be an impact player for this offense moving forward. I'm very excited to see what he can do as a rookie. I'm most excited to see how they split up the target share between Moore, Wilson, and Davis and how they split up these guys in the slot. You know, Braxton Berrios is kind of your slot guy, but Moore and Wilson out of the slot is not something that I, I, I think they should avoid. I think that they can do a lot of great things attacking the seams. Um, so, you know, how do you think Garrett Wilson plays into this equation, what the target share may look like, and how they will utilize him to kind of maximize his value as a rookie? For sure. I, I think Garrett is really, you know, by the end of the season, going to be that second guy of this group. And, he has a lot of similarities with Elijah. I think the main differences really are just Elijah's hands are a little bit more sure as where I think Garrett gives you a little bit more contest catch ability, um, the ability to obviously jump and stay in the air. I think he offers you more value just as a possession type of target, you know, leaves room for error, obviously with his catch radius and the, the speed he can play in the slot, you know, a lot of the, you know, quickness, just like this guy's ability to move as a route runner and, you know, go in so many different directions, change. Um, there's so much Garrett can do. He's got big hands. And I think that, you know, you're really seeing him in that first preseason game, especially. I mean, he's inside and out, you know, creating separation on multiple levels. He, he looks comfortable. Uh, confidence is there. I think one of the reasons the Jets really liked him as a prospect is just his intelligence. And I think in this offensive scheme, like we've talked about with Mims, I mean, it's, it's hard to pick up. And I think Garrett has the smarts to make an immediate impact and, I think, you know, he and Elijah as a duo are going to be fun for years to come. Definitely a dynamic duo there. And then you have Corey Davis, who obviously is a good possession guy, lost about 10 pounds of weight this offseason, six foot three, so probably around 200 pounds now. Um, looks a little bit more agile, put up 492 yards last season with four touchdowns after nearly reaching 1,000 yards and five scores with the Tennessee Titans. Signed that, that big contract with the Jets, obviously. He's quickly falling down the pecking order of, of receivers. And honestly, I could totally see them moving on from him after this year, personally. Um, you know, just saving the cap and maybe allocating it elsewhere, bringing in another receiver for a cheaper, maybe a younger option. Um, I, I don't know exactly how they'll utilize him, but he's your boundary guy. You know, he's your guy that's probably good possession receiver. Um, third down option. You can do some stuff with him. Obviously he's a pretty solid receiver, but he's not a number one. Like he never was a number one receiver. He was always a great number two to, to AJ Brown with Tennessee. Uh, and now you're like expecting him to be a WR one. I don't think that was ever going to be a possibility. I think him be slotting in and being the WR two behind Elijah Moore, even WR three by the end of the season to Garrett Wilson. Um, he probably will thrive in that role. I think he's a better compliment than he is a primary guy. And I think we're kind of seeing that as the scheme unfolds and we see how the target share is going to kind of 
rollout here, but obviously another luck to make the roster. You know, what are your thoughts on Corey Davis and, and his usage? For sure. I think Corey is a guy who's quietly had a good camp that's really flown under the radar. I mean, all these new exciting pieces and the youth that's been added to this offense. I think Corey has, you know, just kind of naturally, he hasn't been discussed as much, but I think he's going to have an integral role in this offense. You said it, the size, the veteran experience is huge. I mean, outside of Barrios, really, the rest of this group is relatively young and inexperienced. And I think Corey provides a lot of value in that sense. I mean, early on last year, you know, when Elijah was out and missed some time, I mean, Corey and Zach really had a good chemistry. And obviously we'll see, you know, Zach's availability as the season, uh, you know, gets closer and closer. But I think Corey, like you said, early on in the year, he's definitely the guy opposite Elijah. I think really as Garrett gets more and more comfortable is when maybe his role could deteriorate a little bit more. But ultimately, I think Corey's going to be a guy who's got a ton of targets week to week in this offense and has a specific role just with his size alone. Absolutely. And then you got the last two, you know, locks, Braxton Berrios, who's your all pro kick returner and Jeff Smith, pretty solid downfield guy can do some good stuff. Reliable. Um, you know, they're probably locks. Does Jeff Smith have any special teams usage? Does he, does he make an impact there? So he's a good special team as player, a gunner, right? not as a returner. He, he'll probably. Okay, be- okay. Yeah. So you always look gunners are probably one of the most underrated guys. Like having a good punt team is essential. Getting beat on punts is like the bane of my existence. Having good gunners like Jeff Smith are essential you need to have them on the roster. That's ultimately what it is. And his value there gives him that that push. And then you have like Denzel Mims, who like had a really nice catch yesterday. And like he's made some flashy plays, but then you look at him in the game and he's not as good. Like he's better in practice than he's in games. And it's like, you know, he kind of disappears at times, has a couple drops. Um, he doesn't really look that good in the, in the, in the bright lights. Um, you know, Braxton Barrios, Jeff Smith, Mims, you know, what are you seeing with these guys, specifically Denzel Mims? Because, you know, he's the guy on the fringe right here. This is the guy that could not make the roster. You got Calvin Johns, Jackson, who's been looking pretty good too. Um, you know, practice squad candidate. But, you know, Mims, at the end of the day, could also fall into the practice. I don't think he will because, you know, he's still former second-round pick out of Baylor. And, you know, in his third season, I think that they'll probably give him the nod. But next year, if he's still struggling, I think he gets relegated. I think that'll be the – well, you'll see the Jets cut ties if he still doesn't make an impact in some way. For sure. I think, you know, what you said with Barrios and Jeff Smith is pretty spot on. I mean, depth receivers, guys with speed, guys with quickness, athletic ability, both have been with the team since 2019 now. So they have some experience here and, um, you know, both on special teams, obviously Barrios in the return game. Jeff Smith has a ton of 4-3 speed. And, you know, like you said, as a gunner, he's definitely going to provide some value to Brant Boyer's unit. And to me, they're both locks. I think, you know, you, you, you've you seen it throughout practice. You saw it in the first preseason game. I mean, Jeff Smith is really rotating in. Obviously, with the receivers, they really rotate guys just to keep them fresh. And I've seen this heat. And he, he's really been pretty routinely with the ones. So, to me, he, he's a lock. And to me, if I had to say, I think those are the only five receivers on this final 53-man roster. I think you look at some of the positions elsewhere. I mean, I think seven corners make it. I think 11 D linemen make it three quarterbacks are going to make it. And I think even a fourth tight end. So you start to really, you know, limit spots. And I'm not so sure Mims is going to make it at the end of the day. I mean, you know, the drop in the preseason game is frustrating and just the inconsistency. I think overall, you know, that this, this guy has a ton of talent. You saw the circus catch he made in practice yesterday. He goes up, you know, uh, a fade ball and punches it in the end zone. But I mean, just the drops and, I feel like it's really hard to get a read on what Michael Floor and Robert Sal really think of him. I mean, they say, say so many good things, but he's working with the threes. It's like earlier this week being at practice and not really even seeing him with the twos. Um, you know, he, he's definitely behind Jeff Smith. And 
I, look, I don't know if it's on the final 53, if it's a trade or if it's getting outright released, but I, I don't really think it's looking great for Mims at this point in time, if I had to take a guess. Yeah, I mean, look, the inconsistency is tough. Maybe he's a fresh, you know, I guess, appearance somewhere else. Maybe he's just reset it, like clean slate with another team. Sometimes players take to that. Um, I could totally see him ending up with like Jacksonville or something, or even like Detroit, um, you know, a team that maybe needs some depth at receiver. But like, it, you know, Denzel is a good, he, the thing is like, he shows up at weird moments. Like he has some nice plays. You're like, oh, like there's Denzel Mims. And then he disappears for like five months. And you're like, where the hell did Denzel Mims go? Um, you know, it's tough. I don't trust Baylor receivers like Ty, Tyquan uh, Thornton, who was drafted. Like, I think two pick, a pick before George Pickens is like, apparently the Patriots are like, he is not even close to being an impact player. Meanwhile, George Pickens might be the best camp receiver so far as a rookie this year. It's like, that's the difference. Like Baylor receivers kind of are like uh fool's gold, like a little bit of pyrite. And, you know, I think that, I mean, the Steelers are just tremendous at finding receivers to begin with. Deontay Johnson, of course, you got um, Chase Claypool, you know, who wasn't that everyone thought he was going to be solid. And George Pickens, obviously a good receiver, but he's been absolutely killing it. If you're also in a fantasy football, that's another guy. Late round draft pick, go get George Pickens. Him and Jace, Chase Claypool are going to be battling out for uh, the wide receiver one status there this year. But again, they don't really have a quarterback. So Mr. Trubisky is not that good. We'll see. Uh, there, there's definitely some value, but definitely not a guy I'm starting unless uh, proven otherwise. But you know, like you said, Denzel Mims definitely in a tough spot here, could be released. But guys, I'd love to hear perspectives on these receivers. You know, there's a couple of interesting decisions the Jets have to make in the coming days. We have a couple of preseason games left to really give us some more information um, so we can make these decisions a little bit more efficiently. Uh, but always happy to hear your perspectives and narratives below. Um, if you agree, disagree, always happy to have conversations as well. So appreciate that in the YouTube comments. As always, make sure to like and subscribe to YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. And we'll catch you guys on the next Fireside Jets episode. 